This season on the Set Yourself Free podcast, I am so honored and thankful to have six experts on nervous system regulation, what in the world it is, why it matters, and how to learn to work with your brain and your body so that you can feel really safe to earn more, to keep more, and to expand. As someone who went from zero to 10K months in the online space in less than a year, I knew nothing about this, quite frankly. I'm trained as a therapist. I have my master's in counseling. And yet after my first 10K month, I had a massive contraction and I had so much shame around it. I didn't know how to regulate. And so I am super proud of this season and honored that each of these guests are sharing their wisdom, their vulnerability, and their experiences with us. You're going to walk away knowing exactly how to implement in your own business and use these tools so you can create your own version of freedom. I'm Lola Pickett, CEO of Moon and Manifest, and my brand is all about empowering sensitive visionaries to partner with their nervous systems, overcome all of their patterns of protection, and achieve personal success in the name of collective good. So it's all about changing the world one person at a time. And I really believe that that is internal to us. And if we don't have a good relationship with our nervous systems, then we really can't affect change personally or collectively. So I'm really excited about today's conversation because it's going to be right in line with everything I believe in and everything that I'm focused on. And I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Something you mentioned before, but then tying back into this, and I'm curious if this is how you speak about it or teach on it. It's the boundary work, but it's really keeping promises to ourselves, right? Is how I view it and how I structure things with clients in the beginning of like, okay, so you have these big ambitions. Great. We want to go chase them. But first we got to look at like why you're not keeping these daily promises to yourself. Exactly. Exactly. It's huge. I say that boundaries are a system of honoring yourself. That's really Mm -hmm. all that they are at the root. And it's more about what do you need to say yes to yourself? And sometimes that means saying no to other things. Sometimes it means saying no to your old ways of being or choices that you might make that are not in your best and highest good. But being able to follow through on those little commitments, and it needs to start small in order to be sustainable, Mm -hmm. is really, really essential. And so I even look at things like, you know, what are you going to have for lunch today? And is that Mm going to be in integrity to how you want to feel? what you know that your body needs, what you are aching to experience, you know, like we can meet those aches with our lunch. Like it can be super, super simple. And it's like, okay, I said I wanted to take care of myself and eat more vegetables, but my lunch is like three-day-old pasta leftovers with not a vegetable in sight. Like, okay, so to keep that boundary with myself, maybe I'll make a little salad or I'll grab some carrots or just a little tiny change. And it it's really only possible to make these tiny, tiny adjustments when we want to make big, big changes. My husband is a pilot, part of the many things that he does. And he <laughs> has told me that, you know, if you adjust your course at the beginning when you take off by just a hair, a fraction of a percent, 
it changes the destination upon landing by by hundreds, if not thousands of miles, depending on how far mm. you're going. And it's the same with our behaviors and our boundaries. So we make these tiny adjustments that seem like this isn't going to do anything. Like how mm. is staying integrity with myself about my lunch going to make me a seven-figure you know, year? But if you can't keep that promise, how are you going to show up for yourself and the things that you need to do that are big and scary? It's a pattern. And so you want to make those micro adjustments so that the destination upon arrival is where you want to be. And you can you can get so much closer with tiny changes up front. Yeah. To me, it's just the compound effect, right? I mean, yeah. it's how I view it of, of putting in the work with anything. I mean, I think about it just from a very like nerdy numbers standpoint of compound yeah. interest and how that, you know, just grows dramatically. But it's the same way with habits and routines and things that, you know, it's the unsexy part of being an entrepreneur and having a business. But I'm always like, do you, do you want like a successful business down the road or do you want like the one hit wonder, which, you know, a lot of people can have, but in order to be sustainable, it is these micro changes that you're talking about. It absolutely is. And something you were saying about one hit wonder, it's, I've heard this before and I'm not sure who said the original quote, so this isn't going to be exact, but that the experience you're having today is thanks to the choices you made last month, last year, five years ago. And it really makes me be honest with myself. You know, am mm-hmm. I today in this moment being the version of myself that's going to lead to the future I want next month, next year, five years from now? And that's going to be down to those small choices. Yeah. So something I'm curious about, I've experienced this myself. I'm sure you've worked with a lot of clients around this along these lines of like, okay, compounding or micro changes leading to the bigger results. However, oftentimes we will have like a very big expansion moment, let's say particularly like entrepreneurs. And then the next month we contract. Um, so, so I know this is very normal, but I also, you know, part of the reason I, I really want to have these conversations is like the real stuff behind it versus like what we're seeing online of like, oh my gosh, this income month and then this income month and whatever. And I'm curious if you can speak to some of the nervous system regulation around this and how you see this at, cause I know this is a lot of the reason that you do the work that you do in terms of feeling like there was such a gap in this. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is covered in in books like The Big Leap, where Gay Hendricks talks about, you know, that we have these moments of success or joy or breakthrough, and then we freak out. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, either I don't know if I can handle it, or we start to think about all the bad things that could happen, or we just start to loop. And what I believe is happening and what I see happening so much with my clients is that our nervous system did not feel 100% safe with the level that we achieved. It was confronting. It was perceived as a threat. Maybe it would be because we have fear of tribal abandonment, right? And so it's Mm -hmm. activating all of the appease and contort mechanisms in our nervous system that say, you're not going to, you're going to be alone if you stay here. You're going to be alone. You're, you're departing from your family of origin and all of their patterns. Your friends don't get it. You're even having a different experience than some of your peers. And so we can't stay here. It is not safe. And so what happens is that we don't know that our insides are feeling this way, but what happens on the outside is that we stop doing the activities that led to that experience in the first place. We stop broadcasting live streams or we stop sending emails or 
we're like, okay, cool. I don't have to launch again for like another six months. That's cool. Or we're like, I am so tired. I put everything into that and I just don't have anything left for whatever's coming next. And that's a pattern that we create so that we don't sustain our success, so that we don't have to go somewhere unfamiliar, unmapped and uncharted. A lot of it is down to the social dynamics. There are some other protection patterns that tend to get activated as well. The inner critic will come up. Comparisonitis will come up. That has to do with the fight mechanism and how we internalize that. And we don't know how to fight for what we want in a sustainable way. So we'll push, 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 and then we'll burn out, contract, and re- like recalibrate. And then we'll push, push, push. We kind of get into this very much up, down cycle financially, energetically, emotionally. It's a freaking roller coaster for most entrepreneurs as they're getting started. And it doesn't have to stay that way. It may still have fluctuations because, hello, life. But <laughs> what we're talking about with a so-called regulated nervous system or a nervous system partnership is that you can ride those waves and you feel equipped. Mm-hmm. To me, what it comes down is resilience. And resilience doesn't mean being tough. It doesn't mean muscling through. It means trusting yourself and equipping yourself with a set of tools that you remember to and practice relying on every day so that when the big things happen, you're like, I know what to do. It's just like uh, practicing for, you know, I'm just thinking about pilots because my husband's in pilot training. (laughs) So I'm like, it's on the brain. But like they practice emergency maneuvers in safe skies with nothing happening, nothing going wrong, so that when something does happen, if that does happen, they know what to do. They're equipped, Mm -hmm. they're resilient, they have that much more likelihood of recovery. And we can do that in our everyday lives, not by being like, worst case scenario, oh my God, like let's freak out about it and go into anxiety loops for five days. But more like, let me notice all the ways I'm protecting myself today. Let Mm -hmm. me get beneficially uncomfortable today. Most of us are going to be uncomfortable anyway, because withholding our gifts from the world is excessively uncomfortable, downright toxic, and can make us sick. But what if we get uncomfortable for the name of our dreams? What if we get uncomfortable in the name of growth? What if we can learn to tolerate that discomfort in a sustainable way? I feel like that's Mm. so important. So much goodness in there. Uh, Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you in terms of your work and what you're up to. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can come find me at moonandmanifest.com or at Moon and Manifest on all the social platforms. I'm all the places. I play on Instagram most, so that's a great place to come and say hello. And I love hearing from people. So if you heard me on the show and you want to connect, send me a message and it will be me who responds and says hello (laughs) back to you and just gets to know you a little bit because the more people with empowered nervous systems, the more people are going to be able to show up and build different systems in this world and and take care of each other and ourselves better. Mm, Thank you so much, Lola. I appreciate the work you are doing in this world so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So my name is Jen Underwood and I am an emotional mastery coach. Online, I go by the emotional dominatrix and I like to joke that I make people cry for a living and then teach them how to like it. (laughs) But in like gentle, safe ways. But I work with people often around leadership and their businesses, really helping people to navigate 
and learn how to find safety in the full range of their emotions and to regulate their nervous systems, to ground into their bodies, to move trauma out of their bodies, and to notice all of the ways in which we are often acting out of strategies and getting in our own way in life and business. And so I'm curious, like how you work with clients, if this comes up much in your work, I don't know, but if this comes up around like comparison and then feeling like in that place of almost like a trauma response as a result of comparing based on the feeds we see on social media. Yeah. I mean, so I had actually, this came up recently with a client who was noticing in herself, she was actually like, you know, it's like, you keep telling me something will change, something will change. And we're nine months in and she's like, all of a sudden I actually feel it. And it feels like it was overnight. Right. Mm. But it wasn't, it was a, like a scale that was filled with bricks on one side and we slowly put them over, right. Over the course of nine months until one day just, it shifted and the weight was heavier on one side and then it moved very quickly. And that That's what happens when we see these overnight successes. And and my clients who like to go into comparison, it is, this is where like a little bit of my emotional dominatrix side will come out where I'm just like, stop it. Like there, there are, there are emotions that are not worth feeling. There are thoughts that are not like, it's just like, don't like, and, and, and this is a, this is another muscle that we can build. We like to think that we're at the mercy of our thoughts, but we are not. We have, we actually have command of them and you can build your muscles to where when that thought comes up, you're like, nope, (laughs) I'm just not doing it. Like, we're not going to have this conversation. Mean voice in my head that says I'm not moving fast enough. Like, I'm just not engaging in it. And this is really where I think internal boundaries come in around just not going into that trauma cycle. Yes, I love that. And I, I think for me, you know, I know personally, what's been the most helpful is like, just normalizing, like, okay, my brain's going to still try to go back there. I'm just going to recognize it and catch it faster. But exactly like you said, like, I don't have to listen. Or for me, it's like speaking in a different voice to that, like alter ego or to the whatever you want to call it, like, Some of my clients give, you know, that voice a name or whatever you need to do to separate that out from yourself, which I think is so helpful. And to be honest, like something I didn't learn until much later in life of like, oh, I have mastery over my thoughts if I choose to. I just thought like, here's my brain and I have to believe everything, right? Because my brain is thinking it. Therefore, it must be true. Yeah, we don't actually have to listen the entire time. And I think that this is the thing where it's like, it's so helpful to externalize it, to get into what I call like the witnessing position, right? Even like, oh, I notice that I'm, I notice that I'm thinking I'm not moving quick enough. It's very different than I'm not moving quick enough, right? Yes. So one sounds like a fact and the other is like, oh, there's a thought and I'm noticing that I have a thought and you're just creating some separation between you and that thought so that you don't overly identify with it. And 
And then from there, it really is just about like what you just said about like doing it quicker and quicker and bringing in that compassion of like, like, you know, I'll often tell clients like, look, like last time you were like in a hole crying for two weeks and now it's been two days and you're back out like win, like that's success. Totally. Did it so much quicker. Like, that's great. Let's celebrate that. Yes. And to me, like celebration and play are so much of this work, like, and pleasure and all of that. But like that play aspect too, especially just like the flip side of trauma and what I think most of us are lacking, especially as adults, right? Like I always joke and in all seriousness, like the work to me is to become so much more like we were as kids in life and in business. Like kids ask for what they need. They play, they show up differently. They have such imaginative brains. They're able to manifest really quickly because there's not resistance. Like just so many aspects of kids that we can bring into our adult lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one that I often tell people is like, you know, you'll notice that a two-year-old will go have a temper tantrum and then and then could be fine five minutes later, right? Like, yeah, go have the temper tantrum and then just let it be okay and go back to having a good time or playing. Like sometimes that is the magic. And I mean, I, like when it comes to, I think there's a lot, especially in this industry around, around the idea of bringing pleasure and even play and like fun and adventure and go live your best life, right? Like there's so many different ways in which we can bring this in and that sometimes gets distorted or becomes like seeking kind of the biggest, best experiences or doing things to brag about it on social media. But at its essence, play, pleasure, enjoyment of life, it regulates our nervous system. That is what it does. It soothes us. And it is like the healing mom that we put on after the hard experiences that just makes everything so much easier. And when we integrate that into our lives, it just like creates a flow that makes everything easier. I agree. And it's some of the hardest work, um, at least personally for me has been 100%. for like all my high achieving clients in terms of like the hardest work you'll ever do is this work because we're so conditioned around these things. And I mean, right. There's not a person alive. That's like work harder, make more money. And it's like, well, how many people do we know that work really, really hard and are still flat ass broke. Right. And living paycheck to paycheck. And so clearly that's not it. Like that's not working. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and I think I'm curious too, like I know for a lot of my clients, this has come up or like really high achievers when they start to include pleasure and play, like it's like that can be another thing that you're like checking off the list and you're like, I'm achieving it. Look at me. I'm doing such a good job, which actually completely negates all of the benefits of it. So even just like unpacking all of that can be so much work when we're like starting to learn that regulation and the things that we can do to like make things feel better in our bodies. Yes. And without an end goal, like what you're speaking to. So 
I mean, I think that is the work, depending on like how much achievement or checking things off your to-do list is like part of your personality. But most likely, if you're a high achiever, it's like up there in terms of things that you do. And so, you know, one of the things for me, like some mentors in my life have always said of like, find the joy and like get into joy. And like, if that can be your constant, like focus throughout the day of like, find the joy, be And it's just presence, really, is what it is, which, again, kids are so magical at. Like, they can drop into a moment, like, because, I mean, until they have trauma and the world tells them who all the things, you know. But most kids, like, if they have a healthy enough upbringing, like, they can really, really teach us so much. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but like, I love using um, parenting examples, even though I'm not a parent, but like with my mom clients, because they know so well how to see that in their kids. And like, oh, that's a great example of how I can be versus like what I'm doing. Yeah, I have a teenage daughter. I use parenting examples a lot. And I use them too, because I think that I think the other thing that's really important that we forget is that we often have to do a little bit. Well, we always have to do a little bit of our own reparenting. And, and so it's like, what would the healthiest version of a mother look like if you were, you know, going in and talking to your inner child, I do a lot of that type of work too. I think for a lot of us that are in our trauma, the reason why play is so hard is because it does tap into that inner child. And if we're carrying a lot of wounds there and a lot of pain, then that will often bring up grief. Like when Mm. we start to tap into play and pleasure and enjoyment right underneath it is grief almost always for the times where we weren't in that place. And so it beca- it can become a beautiful cycle of like tapping into your inner self in terms of your inner little child who like can find that enjoyment and that play. Also like your inner parent that can love that child if something else is coming up. Yeah. And that's such an important caveat with anyone that's like attempting this work. And I think it's such a good reminder of being supported and like making sure that you have either, you know, a coach, a therapist, someone to support you in this work, because it is so easy to get dysregulated, like jumping into the the play as you're talking about and then all of a sudden you're finding yourself in grief and like a pile of tears and have no idea what's going on and like maybe you stay there for two days because you're just like I've never experienced this before so I know you're a big proponent of making sure to do this work in safe spaces and I am too and I think it's just a good reminder of how essential it is to do this work with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that, again, I'll use like a body analogy in the same way that, you know, like if you hadn't moved for many years, like there's a lot of chance of injury. The same Mm. is true emotionally. So when you kind of start to do this work, it is like it's tiny little steps. It's slow and steady movements. 
And there is a lot of opportunity for injury, for emotional injury that can make it really hard to keep going back to it. And so it is so important that you're with someone who can hold you in that and can keep you kind of like in a slow and steady pace that really honors your nervous system and doesn't completely blow you out. Yes. So important. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for this conversation, for all of your wisdom and your great examples. I know that this was so helpful for me and going to be for everyone else. So can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. I loved being here. Thank you for having me. So you can find me online on Instagram at the emotional dominatrix. And I also have a Facebook group that can be accessed through my Instagram account and my website, which is emotionaldominatrix.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Yep. You're so welcome. My name is Dr. Lee Cordell. I am a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner and a certified clinical trauma professional and uh, am the CEO of the Institute for Trauma and Psychological Safety. So in the work that I do, I help humans really shame, really understand how their past painful learning is affecting them in their present situation and create a life that like feels really, really good to live from a relationship standpoint, both the relationship with themselves and the relationship with other humans. Which is so important. And I, I mean, I love this conversation in terms of even just personal development work or entrepreneurship or whatever, but I think what happens is people people feel really wrong oftentimes if they're not learning from the right people that are normalizing all of this, like even the mm-hmm. example you shared, right? Because, and I think back too of like when I was trained as a therapist or when I was early in personal growth and I like didn't understand this concept of, oh, my brain is going to feed me these things. My job is to be the observer of my thoughts yeah. and then choose where I put my focus and attention And then now it's like the coolest thing ever to me that we can literally rewire everything from your brain and your nervous system capacity, which is why I'm just like obsessed with everyone understanding this because you literally can change your entire life. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, your, your body, every cell in your body gets replaced. Like if you live until the average age of mid seventies, every single cell in your body gets replaced like at least seven, 10 times so cool. Like you literally every decade are a new human, right? And it's like that old analogy of like how much of a ship can you replace before it becomes an, it's no longer an old ship and becomes a new ship, right? How many, like how many boards can you replace? And so I love this because people are always like, well, I can't change. And I'm like, you do nothing but change. Yeah. Like you do nothing but change. And so Mm. we get to like, we get to shift that message, but I agree with you so much of what I was taught. So much of what I was taught from the traditional, like mainstream academia and healthcare communities were like, people are broken. We need to fix them. Plus like Mm -hmm. huge savior complex. It's our job to fix them. And by the way, it's our job to like help them be happy and healthy and healed, but like, don't, but also make sure you're sacrificing yourself mm. in order to do that. Right. Like I, as a nurse. 
yeah, as a nurse, I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten, gone to the bathroom, drank some water in 12 hours. That's fine. Right. Normal. Cause my, cause my patients are taken care of. And so like just these systems of really the healthcare system itself for a lot of nurses and doctors teaches them how to not feel. Mm, yeah. Which is so sad. I mean, obviously on so many levels. So if somebody is in this place of like, okay, I understand this conceptually, you know, and mm-hmm. is like starting to come around to seeing like, oh, I have the c- capacity or ability to empower myself. How yeah. would you, how would you recommend someone like starts with regulating their nervous system and stepping into their power? Like how those are yeah. connected or how they can take some steps t- forward. Yeah. Okay. So without going into the neuroscience, cause that would take me like a whole episode, right? (laughs) There is something that we at the Institute have called the 10 second protocol. It's something that we teach to people as a way of just like very quickly being able to drop back into their bodies and feel their feelings and start to regulate their heart rate, regulate their breathing, all the things like be embodied in their body. Mm. So it is, we progressively tense as many muscles in the body as feels safe and good for five seconds. And then we release and breathe for five seconds. So the way that you can think about the progressive tension, because a lot of people have never done this, right? It's like starting at your toes and curling them, tightening your ankles, pulling the backs of your knees together, like squeezing your butt in the chair, contracting your abs, like all the way up, scrunching up your face. And As you do that, thinking about becoming like a stick straight piece of uncooked spaghetti, right? (laughs) Okay. So like when you're fully done, that's where you're at. You're like a stick straight piece of spaghetti straight up. And then after those five seconds of doing that, when you let go, imagining that you're like dropping your body into a pot of boiling water and the the noodle Mm. is just like getting wobbling, right? You guys can't see me. I'm like wobbling in my chair. Yeah. And so we do that. It's 10 seconds. And Mm. what people will notice is as they relax, there's parts of their body that are still tense. Mm. And so then the message is like, next step is, is like really feeling that tension, closing Mm. your eyes, taking a minute, feeling that tension and going, okay, where do I think this is coming from? Mm. What emotions are tied to this? When I typically feel this sort of tension, when I typically feel this sort of tightness or constriction in my body, what emotions go along with that? And what's so fascinating is, is we just actually did this in my Facebook group for 10 days in a row where we practiced Mm -hmm. and we had people being like, oh my gosh, I just realized that whenever I feel like this in my heart area, it's because of X, Y, or Z, or like whenever my, I still notice the tension in my neck, it's because, and like. The interesting thing was that nobody was tying it to, oh, I've been tying, like staring at my computer too long, or I've like not been doing this. It was like all emotional stuff. And so then they were getting so much clarity about like what they were carrying with them through the day Mm. and not even noticing. Mm. And it was really wild. Like people, they, people started sharing it and they were like, I have a couple nurse practitioner clients that were like, yeah, I taught it to my patients. And like, they used it in the office around, cause they're like, yeah, we were, they were going to start chemo and they were really nervous and they used it. And then they like started crying and I got to give them this big mm. hug and they felt so much better. And so like it it's, 
it's so fascinating just taking those 10 seconds to drop in, like how much information is there? Wow. That is so good. And I love this. Like, I just love little, like super small nuggets that someone can listen to and then go implement. Right. Which is not like learning 17 things. And so, so often when something's like that, we're like too overwhelmed, we're not going to do anything, of course. But this is fascinating and what everyone will discover in doing this, especially if you do it something like 10 days, not just like one time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had people do it at two specific times, right? We had people just practice it with us. Like we're going to just take five minutes of intentional meditative time, right? Set aside time Mm -hmm. and body time. And they did it then. But the other time that we had people start practicing this was when they were emotionally activated. So Mm. we had people, and and when I say emotionally activated, some other terms for that, like hashtag triggered, right? Like feeling, (laughs) like feeling, feeling more emotion than you would expect to feel in a certain situation. I don't use the word over emotional. There's no such thing Mm. uh, in my opinion, but when you're feeling more emotion than you are like, "Mm, should I really be this frustrated by the fact that my Mm. kid dropped their fork? Like, does that make sense? Right. Those moments of activation using it then. And the cool thing is, is that you don't have to tense every single muscle in your body, right? If you're at work and your boss says something in a meeting and you feel that, like that flush of emotion, that rush of chemicals get dumped into your body and you're feeling like feeling your feels, you can tense up your hands and your, your butt and your seat and your feet under the desk and never have them know that Mm. you're practicing the protocol. So we had people practicing it during those moments and people were like connecting things. They were like, Oh, when I practiced that, I remembered being like a six-year-old and having my mom yell at me when I dropped my fork. Right. Yeah. And so like, Oh, I'm actually I'm, I'm trying to protect my kid from experiencing what I'm, ex- what I experienced, but I'm actually perpetuating it. Mm-hmm. And so they're having like these very profound realizations. And so it's really cool because using it in both of those scenarios, whether you're like intentionally calling something up or you're just practicing, noticing where the tension is, or you're using it as a way to drop back into your body during those activated moments, you are regulating your nervous system in a way that your brain gets to come online differently. And so your brain can actually think about things that it's in a way that it's not normally able to. So Mm -hmm. it's a huge takeaway of like, you're, I just think I can't go try it. And, and what Ah. I tell people too is you can do it like a couple of times in a row. Right. Mm -hmm. You can go like, okay, I did 10. I usually do three 10 second protocols. That's what feels good for me is like three rounds of it. And the other thing I tell people is I've had people say, okay, well, but I deep breathe. Like that's enough, right? (laughs) You can breathe and still be really tense. Mm -hmm. You can take nice deep. Have you ever seen somebody be very angry and they take very slow, deep breaths? You can be very dysregulated and breathe deeply. And so while that works for some humans and in some situations, it doesn't work in all. And so the tension, the muscle tension and the relaxation is what actually signifies to your body that you're safe. That relaxation moment tells your body, Hey, our brain can come back online. We don't have to run from a bear or like 
get away from this thing that feels threatening, we can relax. We can relax mm. and we can pay, we can get curious about what's going on. And that's the ticket, right? Like, yeah, that is the thing. I mean, I have to remind myself all the time when I'm feeling a charge or feeling triggered around something, right? It's like, but that is the way through anything. It's like getting into my body, feeling safe in my body. And then can I lead with curiosity? And yeah, I just, I, I hope that we continue to teach this because everyone needs to learn this stuff because it's not taught enough. Like it's just not. <laughs> I, I am, you know, I, when I learned this, my kids were already like close to conscious, like their conscious brain being the one in charge, right? The age of seven is where conscious brain typically becomes more predominantly used than the subconscious brain for decision-making. It's why before seven, when you ask your kid, you're like, when they do something weird and you say, why did you do that? They're like, I literally don't know. They yeah. Don't know, right. It's also why sometimes when adults, when they're dissociated and we're like, why did you do that? They're like, I have no idea, right? That's one of those questions that I've tried to take out of my vocabulary is, or is like, mm. why did you do that? A lot of times people don't know. But anyway, one of the things that I noticed with my kid, like as I was going through this in my own process, my kids were already older. I was like, oh shoot, mm. like <laughs> I've already fucked them up, right? Yeah. <laughs> And one of the things I realized is, is like, okay, I might have created some trauma in their bodies. I might've created mm. situations where they felt helpless, where they felt these little ruptures, where they didn't feel safe. We all do that as humans. Yep. It's, it's part of the experience. And what I can do now is decrease the amount of times that I do that moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I can teach them how to have agency how to mm. be resilient, how to regulate through these things as well. And so I love that we're having more people of like parental age wake up to this, how we're conditioned and how all of this works, because I feel like the next generation and in it in particular, the generation after the next generation, mm -hmm. if we keep doing what we're doing and if amazing people like you keep, you know, putting the word out there like this, I feel like we can really fundamentally change the way that we connect as humans and how people can prevent trauma from occurring. Absolutely. And what I love, like the one, I mean, there's so many pieces in there, but that permission for everyone. Like I remember we joked in grad school, it was like, Oh, the goal is to have your kids need less therapy than you needed. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like, that's the goal. That is the goal. Um, <laughs> but, but like really, the, like I, I like the word rupture that you use, like the little ruptures and then knowing that we can repair and we can do that work and knowing it doesn't mean your kid's fucked. It doesn't mean the world's fucked. I mean, you know, like, of course we have those moments and those things, but at the same time, yeah. like there is repair work that can be done and we're all capable of that. Yeah. Learning that is one of our mutual uh, coaches, friends, and mentors, Julia Wells, who I love. And she says, you know, you can fuck it up, but like, you can't fuck it all up. Right. Like you can fuck up, but you can't fuck it all up unless you've decided that that's what you've done. If, if yep. you've decided that it's all messed up and you can't fix it, that's the only way that you can't make a change. And so for me, my goal has become it, it is not my goal. My goal is to do as little harm as possible. And my yep. understanding around that goal is, is that 
I'm never going to get that number to 0%, right? No. I'm I the I had a conversation in a hiring process the other day where I created a huge rupture, like mm-hmm. not intentionally. And before, a couple of years ago, I would have gone into all of the trauma responses. I would have like not handled that. And having the perspective I do now, I went to this person and I was like, look, I messed up, Hmm. you know, and, and I'm owning that. And like, I would like to repair this. What do you need in order to be able to repair this? And we ended up having this really beautiful conversation where we both came out feeling seen and heard and witnessed and, and the needs got met. And like, just experiencing that, I was like, wow what if we could all do that? Like the vast majority of the time, how cool would that be? Yes. Yes. And you're doing your part, you know, like I love the work that (laughs) you're up to. No, I mean, really. And I, I mean, of course we want like on a bigger scale, but like it starts in our own backyard. It starts with going first, which is what we're doing. And so I am just so honored to have this conversation with you, the work that you're putting out into the world because it's so, so needed. So I just can't thank you enough for being here and sharing your wisdom and your expertise. And I would love if you could tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. Thank you. It's been awesome being on here. You are a fabulous interviewer. I just want to say that. Oh, Uh, thank you. (laughs) Seriously. It's amazing. So we are at instituteforTrauma.com. That is where you can find our free Facebook group, learn about our certifications and our teacher trainings and get hooked up with our free resources um, at the Institute for Trauma and Psychological Safety. So that is where I live these days is actually, you know, having somebody who used to have their, who used to be branded as their own business and now getting to find, found something like this. It's so cool Mm -hmm. to like be part of something bigger. That's like not about me and is about the thing. So you can find me and us, the team over there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lee. This was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is such an honor to get to share these conversations. I truly hope that you are digesting these nuggets and really taking some time to sit with yourself and integrate, which oftentimes, honestly, is hard to do by ourselves. (laughs) Pretty much everyone on this season, in fact, everyone on this season is a service provider and believes in high levels of support of knowing that we can't do the work to integrate on our own. And that what often happens is there is, like we talked about last week, expansion and contraction. And then the ability we have, the power within ourselves to rewrite our narratives, to truly rewire our brains and to not cognitively stay in our brains, right? Like I always teach clients that it's not enough to just think better thoughts or stand in front of the mirror and speak affirmations. We have to learn how to feel safe in our bodies and begin to implement this. And so I really, really hope and invite you to just take an honest look at yourself and what's going on within yourself and your business. And if you need deeper levels of support, be willing to take that first step today. I really now believe, which I didn't for a long, long time, but the smartest people are the most supported people, right? Like we all love giving help that are on this show. All of my guests are phenomenal service providers and love helping others. And it's super important that we learn to receive. So if I can open up a conversation with you about going deeper into this work 
Or of course, if any of my guests can as well, please reach out to them and book a free complimentary discovery call with me. I would love to talk about this. I used to be a therapist and really love combining the neuroscience of what it takes with thought work, but then embodiment tools as well to really feel safer in our bodies as we receive more and more money. As I have helped more and more clients to scale their businesses to multiple six figures, a lot of stuff just comes up and it's super important that we have safe spaces to integrate in and to have coaches and others to help hold us in this process as we learn a new way of being. And so I would be so honored to have that conversation with you and see how I can help you. So head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com and book your complimentary 30-minute call. And let's dive in and talk about how we can implement this in your specific business so that you can make sure you hit your goals this year and feel really safe and worthy at the same time. Thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is truly an honor to be in your ears. Would you do me one quick favor and go leave a rating and review for the show? It allows people to find this free resource and get it into the hands of more people. I would be so grateful if you would take 30 seconds and go do that. I will pick a reviewer every single month to give a free session to. So please head on over, leave a rating and a review and go tell your friends. Thanks so much and see you next week.